Welcome to Days Zero Update for May 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, two-man crew this week as Dan Reb is busy in Las Vegas, so we uh, still have quite a bit of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of, bunch of stuff that is coming out here in the near future, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a new event to add to the Summer Games Fest lineup. Uh, for that, so that'll be happening this week. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a couple of updates here uh, mm-hmm. for some stuff. And, yeah, a few games that are coming out next year. Uh, one, yeah. that was, one that was delayed, one that uh, was just announced for next year. Mm-hmm. And we got some other stuff going on here, as well as uh, we'll end with some very good news. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. And I'll kick it off here. Uh, I've been playing... Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very weird game for that series. I have been told that that game is just downright bizarre. Like, everything about it is just weird. It's it's voice acting, it's weird, it's story is kind of weird, it's gameplay is all over the place, it's just, it's odd. Yeah, played too much to see how much of that is uh, weird, but yeah, so far I'm in the middle of the first mission. Uh, they sort of have go mm-hmm. have you go through like a tutorial mission first off, which, you know, is pretty well done for showing the uh, all the different options you have for combats that I have not really made too much use of just yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the first mission is when we were storming this castle, you know, killing a bunch of monsters that are there. I assume agents of chaos in some form. Mm. As basically so far, all we know is that uh, the crew we have wants to kill chaos. Yeah. Uh, they go to the king who authorizes them doing this, sends them out. And then, yeah, your your main character, Jack, uh, sort of gets confronted by the princess who, you know, Wishes him good luck and all this. And he's like, oh, there's this guy 10 years ago that went to go fight Chaos. Uh, see if you can find him. Like, that's weird, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, mm. the the combat is a bit more like a Souls-like, mm. in a sense, where mm. you got your, you know, lock-on focused combat. You know, you got to worry about uh, leaving yourself open to shots from other enemies and all that. You've got bonfires that will respawn enemies if you go and stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to That's where you do your your skill upgrades. You're, you don't have to really do any level ups or anything. That all just happens as you use your classes. And yeah, so far I can have two classes to swap, uh, swap between, which... Uh, so far, I'm just using two of the classes that my other characters don't have. They just have one mm-hmm. each. So, like, like a mage and was like a, a great sword user. I forget what they call it. Maybe warrior or something like that. But yeah, there's like a a pugilist and I forget what the other one's called. I forget. The class stuff is a bit weird because you can have, you know, loadouts of equipment for each one and your character wears all the the equipment. So as soon as you get past the uh, the very basic stuff you're starting with, you get to some weird looks mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, so uh, even like a 
a big like mage's uh, sort of cloak or something like that. Uh, something that my uh, main jack dude uh, mm-hmm. is wearing. So yeah, there's there's a bit of fashion to this game, uh, especially because they have you know bonuses for wearing you know the same like brand of clothing uh, or label or whatever they they have attached to that stuff. Uh, so mm-hmm. all kind of unity bonus kind of stuff to it. So there's a lot there to look at as well as stuff that, you know, has stats that give bonuses to the specific class. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to think about and dr- loot drops constantly. So you're kind of always looking back like, Oh, that seems like something I should probably stop and mm-hmm. uh, fill out, put it on somebody. Uh, so that's kind of the, that for the most part, uh, look forward to put some more time into that. Uh, I played uh, the, yeah. I played the beta for Deathverse. Let it die. That mm-hmm. was going on yesterday. Did a stream for that, and that was pretty fun. It is a battle royale, at least for the the mode that they had for this beta. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a battle royale where it is mainly an action game. And so this is mm-hmm. kind of a follow up to Let It Die, the mm-hmm. sort of free to play Souls like. Yeah. It had like a, a very unique style to it. And this has a lot of that same kind of style to it, though it's set in the the future, like hundreds of years. They say like twenty twenty six a big seismic event happens that they call Earth's Rage. Mm-hmm. That's then fast forwards a few hundred years later to this show yeah. called Death Jamboree. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and they have all their weird stuff with that. Now you have your two hosts. When you go to start a match, they'll pick one at random to do the introduction kind of thing. And then I think it's 16 people that starts off. And so you're running around this map, which is mainly a series of like hexagonal platforms that are connected to one another. Mm-hmm. And so after a certain amount of time... One will get, you know, contaminated and then should basically kill you if you somehow don't get out of there in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they it starts infecting the other the other platforms as it, you know, forces everybody. By the end, there should only be a few people that then get funneled into this like showdown arena that they mm-hmm. then go and fight in to see who the winner is. If it doesn't get resolved before that. But mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the combat is, feels similar to what was in Let It Die, though it has some new elements to it. You have like a little robot that hangs out with you that mm. provides you like a shield or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it also gives you uh, some special abilities, and one of which you kind of have, have to actively fill up on your uh, special bar there. So it's like three, mm-hmm. I think, for most of the classes. Uh, so that's like a, a special attack kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. there's the, uh, what is it? There's a sort of uh, a third one that you is like a, a like special ability that you can pick up uh, either by beating cryptids that are on the map, or you can mm-hmm. beat up some crates and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. don't you have it or just kill somebody that had one and they'll drop it. Yeah, that thing 
gives you some sort of special thing. So uh, there's a good bit to this, and then there's also just the the weapons. Uh, you start off with like a very basic kind of sword weapon thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe. It's got like a a whole thing to it, but then there's the other ones you start with as a katana and a a big hammer mm. uh, that you can use, like a great hammer kind of thing. And then as you're you know fighting in matches and do well, you get material drops uh, that you collect after the match. That you get enough of that and some some coins. Uh, you can uh, get upgraded versions of those weapons as well as there's two others that were in the beta. There's like mm-hmm. this, these like weird like hand uh, things that you hold that just give you more of a like pugilist kind of attack. And then there's a big like uh, power saw kind of weapon yeah. to it. Uh, I didn't really get to use that one too much, but uh, give you a good bit of a variety and things to try out. And as you're playing, you know, you level up your your weapon class. Uh, you also get player, you know, upgrades and all this other stuff as you get uh, as you go. So, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, didn't win, but I did get to the the final showdown arena a couple times mm. for that. So uh, that was that was pretty fun uh, for was. I don't know. It's gonna unseat you know other multiplayer stuff that I've uh, been playing for a while. So. But uh, yeah, that'll be free to play when it does release. I think it's supposed to be releasing later this year. I think hmm. uh, they're they're doing another round of uh, beta stuff here this weekend coming up. Hmm. But it's like one a.m. to six a.m. something like that for Eastern time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it's more focused to European and Asian people uh, in those hmm. countries. So. Uh, but they did have like bonuses you can get for playing it. Uh, one is a uh, an emote where your character just does the the T pose. Yeah, as like a beta thing. So they got some fun little stuff there. But yeah, that's a uh, that's that. Uh, also played Sniper Elite Five. I streamed that on Friday, and I played a good chunk of the first mission. And I kind of came away for the, of it uh, being fairly disappointed, in a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, so I had everything on like normal difficulties. I didn't enable any accessibility stuff or anything yeah. uh, for it. So I kind of was just going through uh, the story stuff and seeing what uh, sort of the, the basic difficulty was like. And their first mission is kind of fairly different from what you would get out of like the, the previous two games where they yeah. generally set you up for some good sniping opportunities, as well as having areas where you get, you know, a uh, sound mask uh, on it where, you know, you have some big noise going on so you can take your shot without, you know, arousing suspicion, you know, yeah. unless you miss or something, but uh, they don't have as much of that this time around. Uh, at least in this first map. So it felt very kind of a different vibe where it was based more around just stealthing in terms of, you know, getting behind dudes and slashing their throat or knocking them out, whatever you want to do mm-hmm. uh, for that. Though they do have the x-ray stuff for the slashing, mm-hmm. which is real weird where you go like, you know, 
uh, stick your knife in the back of their head or cut their throat or something. It'll show you, you know, just doing some major damage to their neck, neck or skull oh, yeah. or something like that, uh, which is unexpected, but uh, a nice little bonus there. But yeah, I ended up having to do a lot of stuff like uh, heading out in tall grass, whistling to get somebody to come over and then just like taking them out in the grass. So they, you know, their body wouldn't be discovered, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. But uh, there was one area where I did have a thing that could sound mask, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it was just this, uh, this engine that's just, this generator is just hanging around and you can go and turn it on to make a bunch of noise. Uh, and then, uh, but it wasn't so useful uh, for that. Cause this mission is like, like had the main mission was to go kill a dude. And the other one was like, take out the supports on this big radio dish uh, to cripple their communication kind of thing. And so I went to go do the, the radio dish and there's just a lot of Nazis around and not many opportunities to snipe them unless I just decided to go for it. And then run away uh, from the alerts that were happening, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which I ended up doing. I was like, this is really tedious and kind of slow. So I might come back to it and uh, turn the difficulty down or something or mess with the settings, see what might make it more like what it was in the previous games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one seems to be more focused on just hardcore sneaking around stealth uh, versus what the others were. Especially they've done a couple things that were like Hitman. Uh, they have body boxes you can hide them in instead of just leaving them in tall grass or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a bit weird. Just having nuts yeah. with these boxes that are perfectly sized for bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also like a focus mode you can pull up to kind of potentially see enemies around you or things mm-hmm. of interest around you. But it's activated in a really weird manner. You hold down the right stick and you have to hold it down because if you just press it, that's your binoculars that you pull up. Uh, so, and then to exit out, you have to hold it down again. So, a lot of times I would forget that and just pull up my binoculars, which also gets you out of it when you put down your binoculars. But it was like, this is pretty poorly placed. Like, they have so much on the controls that. You know, that seems like a, I think it's a pain in the butt to mm-hmm. activate. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things here that I was just not vibing with. I might still continue putting some more time into it. I did get a nut shot from a Nazi, <laughs> punctured some lungs and, mm-hmm. you know, caved in some skulls, that kind of stuff. So uh, still got, yeah. still got some good stuff in there on the Nazis, but yeah. Uh, still had to do some work to find where the fun is. That's not what I was expecting out of this, out of the gate. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Also, been playing some more Fortnite. Uh, so we'll get to the season's ending pretty soon. So I've been putting some more time into that. And I also picked up the the Obi-Wan skin, since that's out mm. now for uh, at least a few more days, I think. Uh, and that's been fun. Using Obi-Wan Kenobi to shotgun fools and getting in knife fights and all that kind of stuff, you know, mm. normal Obi-Wan Kenobi things uh, for that. So yeah, been uh, enjoying that a lot. Uh, also been playing some more Rocket League, just doing multiplayer stuff in that. 
uh, enjoying that. That season's not over for about another month or so, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the last thing, been still dipping into Power Wash Simulator, their new updates. Added three new maps, and mm-hmm. I finished two of them. Uh, the Gnome cool. Fountain was one that was fun to finish up. Uh, big old fountain thing. Uh, then there's a big train that's just been sitting out in the desert uh, on some train tracks that they just took all the other train, the other tracks, just to have it on its own thing. It's like a memorial thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's been fun. And the last one I've been working on is the uh, the mini golf course, uh, which has like nine holes to it. Kind of wraps around a bit, so it's kind of like a the way they kind of designed is kind of a swirling design. Yeah. Sorts. So you're it's kind of a circular area, and it kind of just has you going around all the way up to the the top part of this castle that is uh, the theme is sort of medieval castle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you've, you supposedly finish the the ninth hole. And then you come down these steps to the front and decide uh, what to do with your time after that. But yeah, I've been enjoying that, and that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Uh, well, as for me, I finished uh, Life, Life is Strange True Colors, and yes, that game is absolutely magical. There is a part in that game, the whole chapter of it, where you're basically doing a LARP, and it's Quite charming and entertaining on its own, um, but that game gets really dark really fast uh, towards the end, um, but it's absolutely worth playing. It's a great game. Uh, love it. Highly recommend it. And, you know, if, you, if you're uh, doing, um, you know, Game Pass on Xbox, you know, it's already, uh, it's one of the games that you can get for free from doing that, so... You know, just FYI. Um, so with that done, I've basically been dividing my time between Tetris Effect Connected uh, and Danganronpa 2. Tetris Effect Connected is, of course, a uh, spinoff of Tetris Effect, which is a Tetris game that was made by the people behind Rez, which is an old uh, cult hit from back in the day. Some of you may or may not remember it. Uh, it was essentially an on-rail shooter combined with like a rhythm game that... Uh, combined action and music and all this stuff to create a very unique sensation. Um, Tetris Effect essentially does much of the same. Um, it uh, is, you know, gameplay-wise, you know, it's standard Tetris, basically. You know, if you, you, you know what Tetris is. You got blocks, they're up at the top, they come down. You try to make a complete line, the line disappears. Too many end up in the box, then the game's over. Uh, so what they do is they add in a bunch of, uh, visual and and musical enhancements that make the game even more interesting. Uh, they give you these wonderfully sort of dreamlike, sometimes abstract visuals. It can be everything from, like, a land of windmills to, like, uh, little bits of light that make up, like, a dance party or... And, uh, then they combine it with an amazing soundtrack that is actually interactive. Because every time you move a block or shift or shift it around or make a connection or drop it, you make a sound that contributes to the song. And the song gets more and more elaborate and more and louder as you go along until you know you get the recommended you get the uh, obligated amount of 
uh, lines that you're able to get rid of, and then you move on to the next stage. Um, and the soundtrack, of course, is amazing on its own. It's just got all kinds of great EDM and techno and electro jazz and drum and bass and just all the great types of electronic music that exists. Hip hop, they got hip hop, um, some like really dreamy new agey type stuff as well. Uh, world music, it's it's good stuff. And then uh, I'm also, of course, playing Danganronpa 2 as well. Uh, I've played the original Danganronpa, so I kind of already know going in that the game's going to be a little on the weird side. But what I did not... It, 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 so, like, the game is... Uh, okay, so, like, the whole point behind the Danganronpa games is that you and a group of other high school students who are called the Ultimates, uh, who are supposedly the Excel at particular fields, like in this installment, there's one who's like the ultimate chef, and there's another who's like the ultimate team manager, one who's the uh, the ultimate gymnast, and all this stuff. And they're all put in an area, and then they essentially do a sort of, uh, and then there were none type situation where uh, they, they all then start killing each other. And after someone dies, they then are, there's a time where you have to gather evidence and collect evidence and make, make a case and everything. Uh, and then after that, there's a class trial. And, and the goal is to find the one person who is the actual uh, murderer, and then that person gets uh, executed. And, you know, that's the end of that. But if you get it wrong, then the the person who is the murderer gets to go free and everybody else dies. Um, the difference this time, however, is that whereas the last one took place in a school environment, this one takes place on seemingly some kind of tropical island, which is weird. And there's a lot of weird stuff, like for, for whatever reason, there's no other people and you get this feeling like you're being watched, and it's just weird. And then, like, I, I love these games because they have great characters, and you do grow attached to them, and the writing's pretty good. Uh, but they do make parts of it needlessly complicated, um, especially during the class trial parts, because basically what you have to do is, um, you know, as you're presenting evidence and stuff like that, then you get into, like, uh, arguments, essentially. It's, it, it's meant to simulate sort of a conversation between all the other students, but the way it's done is that they have, like, these words and phrases that fly up on the screen, um, and, and your goal is to take what's called a truth bullet, which is basically, you know, related to, like, a piece of evidence or something that you got, and then find, like, the contradiction in one of the phrases, and then shoot it, and then that breaks it. But uh, this time, that was fine for, like, the first game. Uh, this time around, they decided to make it even more complicated because now they also brought up consent bullets, which is a thing where you then have to turn the logic of the truth bullets on its head so that you're actually agreeing with someone. Um then, on top of that, there's also uh, debates, which are essentially a thing where, again, you get the phrases flying at you, but this time, instead of trying to shoot them or whatever, you're 
using the directional button uh, to basically slash at them. And then the one like part of it that is contradicting any kind of evidence you have, you then have what's called a truth blade, which you then swing at that time. And then it's like, allow me to cut through those words. And it's, you know, like that. And then there's also uh, the hangman's gambit, which was a thing in the last game that was a little weird. And then for whatever reason, I, I don't know why they decided to do this. It's just bizarre. Um, near the very end, when you're trying to, like, build up the entire case and into, like, a logical, you know, flow, you then go into this mental space where you're, like, snowboarding down some weird digital landscape. And there's, like, it's like a multiple-choice question to, like, you know, like, why was so-and-so at this? this place and then you got like three answers and like there's certain parts of the landscape that are color coordinated with the answer that you're supposed to go to and it's just it's really bizarre <laughs> um but it's still a fun game either way even no matter how unbelievably silly it is but yeah so uh yeah that's what i've been playing all right so yeah let's get to some news here mm-hmm. uh we have one game here that has gotten a big updates and as always, it is No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, it's not really a, a major update. Uh, one of the themed updates is more of an update for their latest expedition called Leviathan, mm-hmm. uh, which adds some new elements to it because it is essentially set like a uh, time loop with some roguelike mm-hmm. elements to it. As I say, difficulty is tuned to survival mode settings, and every death means a reset of the loop. Mm-hmm. As the players explore the loop, they will recover memory fragments, lost remnants of previous loops. These manifest as procedurally generated technology, meaning each res- reset of the loop may play out very differently. So I think mm-hmm. you start with a different loadout each time. Uh, faced with such difficulty, players across the world can collaborate with each other to even the odds. Alongside their personal efforts to break the loop, travelers can help specialist Polo as they research the loop's peculiar manifestations. More travelers that participate in the research, the stronger the memory fragments become. Mm-hmm. Manifesting in better upgrades, more inventory space, and stronger multi-tools and starships. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of going through this sort of story-driven narrative that's it's kind of the the first they've really gone heavy on the story stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the others have had story of some kind, but I don't think most people really care about it that much. Mm-hmm. They just want to see what sort of cool stuff they get out of it. Uh, but yeah, they yeah, they show here uh, some posters for your base. Mm-hmm. And you can get a special starship trail. Uh, for yeah. that, a whale stalker cloak. Has like an infinite symbol on it. And you can also get an organic frigate calf in your base. Uh, it's enclosed in a chrono preservation field. Ensure it remains eternally young, playful, and a manageable size. Mm. And you also get a... A space giant leviathan. Yep. Recruit as an organic addition to your capital ship's frigate fleets, which mm-hmm. you can add that with your Normandy and have a hell of a hell of a fleet there. Yep. So yeah, there you go. There's also some other stuff coming up with this patch here, bug fixes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, something neat. Check out. I think it's available for like six weeks. Something mm-hmm. like that. So you got plenty of time to check it out here. 
Uh, I'm trying to double check how long that's going to be. Not sure where that would be. Uh, six weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Six weeks as of May 25th, so it'll be about five more weeks once this episode's out. So there you go. Some need to check yeah. out in No Man's Sky once again. Mm. Um, yeah. Something else? Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've gotten back to that. I really need to. Yeah. And I've seen something to uh, check out. Yep. Something neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something else that's kind of neat is that Nintendo is still going with the NES and Super Nintendo stuff for Nintendo Switch Online. Mm-hmm. And they sure are getting to some games here. Oh, yeah. Uh, for They have three new games total uh, for the NES. They added Pinball. The NES, uh, yep. the Nintendo-made pinball game. That also included, I'm pretty sure there was like something akin to like a like a uh, block breaker or, you know, something where you could basically have a little tiny Mar- Mario carrying around a girder. That yeah, I mentioned it has a bonus mode starring Nintendo's legendary character Mario. You control our hero yeah. as he holds a platform and uses it to keep the ball in the air. Your goal is to mm-hmm. save Pauline. She falls and hits the ground, you lose a ball. Yep. Or if, if you save her and lead her to the exit, you get a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. This game is easy to learn and includes bonus balls for high scores and two-player mode. Yep. So there you go for that. Yep. The... Of course, uh, this was back when Mario's color scheme was still reversed and wasn't consistent at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when they were just making anything they could mm-hmm. at that point and putting Mario in it if they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Super Nintendo games includes games you may have never heard of. Yeah, including including yet another uh, caveman game. I think this is mm-hmm. the the third or the fourth one here called Congo's Caper. Yep. That uh, let's see his description here. In this action game, originally released in 1983, you catch up mm-hmm. with Congo as some demon kid swoops in out of nowhere and kidnaps Kongette. As Congo, mm-hmm. you set out to rescue her and set things right. Luckily, a super kid like Congo knows how to perform all sorts of jump attack combos. And once Congo collects three magic rubies, he turns into Super Congo. So there you go. That's sure as a thing. Uh, this is a Data East game. For all that is worth, uh, it came out yeah May 1993. So on its almost its 30th anniversary, it's on Nintendo Switch Online. And I love that they couldn't even figure out a name for this this woman. They just went Kongette. Just make mm-hmm. it the the laziest version of the the main character's name. But yeah, there you go for that. That's seems like an alright game, I guess. Uh, but yeah, there's that. And the, the other game is Rival Turf, a game that I believe is part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rushing Beat Trilogy. Yep. Uh, the first installment, so of course it comes last, um, Brawl Brothers and the Peacekeepers are already on the service. Mm-hmm. As I say here, Jack Flack and Uzi Nelson bring their brawling skills to the street against Big Al and his gang of miscreants, otherwise known as the Street Kings. Test out a myriad mm-hmm. of street fighting techniques against waves of enemies as a lone hero or bring a sidekick. Yep. I guess it's also a versus mode as well, if you just 
have to do that? Yeah. And keep in mind, the, the, it was originally a trilogy of games that were all interrelated, but when they were localized, they completely butchered all of the all of the storylines and completely made them made up new stuff. So Yeah. yeah. Though the screenshots I've seen of this, it is a Final Fight S game. Oh yeah. Those games were everywhere on the SNES. Yeah, and they didn't really try to hide it or anything. It nope. looks no. exactly like what if we tried to make a legally distinct version of this game. Mm-hmm. And they sure did it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You can check that out as well. That's kind of the state Nintendo Switch Online is for these two systems. You're not getting any big games because those are probably going into a collection or already in one of those. Yep. And you're not getting uh, anything really significant there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a shame. Because there's yep. still plenty of games like Square isn't going to do anything with Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. It should just be on there. But oh, there you go. For that. Mm-hmm. Three games you can sort into your list and maybe play for five minutes. Yep. But yeah, let's see here. Something will last a little longer than five minutes. Uh, Sony has a state of play happening this week on June 2nd. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they say about nearly 30 minutes of announcements uh, mm-hmm. featuring uh, exciting reveals from our third-party partners, plus a sneak peek at several games in development for PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. So we finally get a PSVR 2 stream here. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. be happening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, for that, uh, that'll be uh, fun to see. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, a date for God of War Ragnarok, if that is happening here in the next few months. Yeah, um, would not be surprised. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we're also having the Summer Games Fest coming up soon, so it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of reveals. Yeah, and this is uh, officially part of that. Yeah. It's up on the, the Summer Game Fest site, so... Mm-hmm. That'll be fun to see. I think the the only holdout at this point is Nintendo, and I'm assuming they're going to wait till the last minute to announce the dates for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there you go. State of play. Uh, mm-hmm. Also happening this week is the uh, they're doing a demo event for Mario Strikers Battle League. Mm-hmm. You can download the demo now. And play online multiplayer between June 3rd and June 5th. Mm-hmm. But you can't play it freely between those days. Uh, they have one-hour blocks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, June 3rd is 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. So 11 to 12 p.m. Eastern time. Or 12 a.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have 4 to 5 a.m. Pacific. Or 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, 12 to 1 p.m. Pacific or 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and then, yeah, again on 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific. And June 5th has 4 to 5 a.m. and 12 to 1 p.m. hmm So you can't have too much fun playing this, because you might not buy the game. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if you want, you can try out the training mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that. Uh, with uh, some... Preseason friendlies you can play as well to help prepare you for match day, but mm-hmm. uh, you have to wait to play those games uh, online, as well yep. as having an, 
Nintendo Switch Online subscription mm. uh, for that. They also do mention that they're going to have some updates post-launch to add uh, some other stuff there to the game. I'm not sure if this has the details on that. Uh, trying to see here. Yeah, let's see. They also mentioned if you already used a seven-day trial for Nintendo Switch Online, mm-hmm. uh, they will be refreshing that uh, so you can get a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. And yeah, that'll be out here. Uh, when is that out? That's out, I think, pretty soon here. Jeez, they make their pages so hard to find the date it's out. Probably at the bottom here. Yeah, yeah. June 10th. June 10th, so the yeah. week after next. Yep. So, there you go. You can check that out. Also happening next weekend, uh, mm-hmm. Fortnite's current season is ending on yeah. June 4th. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you're playing the game on the home screen, the main screen, the lobby screen, whatever you want to call it, uh, mm-hmm. they have a big countdown sitting there. I don't think it's on the yep. map anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is how they've done it in the past. Yeah. But yeah, they just have a countdown. Like at this point, it's about six days uh, from that. Uh, they'll be having a timed event called Collision. Mm-hmm. It seems like from potential leaks that the. Uh, characters involved with this will be, ah, crap, what is it? I think it's uh, Indiana Jones and maybe Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Let me double check here. But I think that's the the case. It's a Star Wars character and I think Indiana Jones. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun to have one of these again, because they were going to do one last time around. But guess what happened at that same time? Yeah. The Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh-huh. I think it was supposed to be a resistance-themed event uh, mm-hmm. about an invading bad guy force. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, we shouldn't do this. Let's just launch it. Yeah. And not do the the events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get one of those again. That'll be, yeah, if June 4th, about 4 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they say the fate of the zero point will be decided in this gameplay event. Yep. Which I don't. I play a bunch of this. So I have no idea what that's about. Mm. I don't. I don't pay attention to the lore. Yeah. But yeah, I've been playing it. I'm nearing the end of the the main battle pass, so I should have Doctor Strange here soon enough. Mm-hmm. He's like the the main ending point of this battle pass. So mm. there you go. Yep. Uh, let's see. Happening the the week after uh, for the Switch, they will be mm. getting Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords. 15 bucks uh, for that version. And yeah, so the you can check that out and see what an unfinished game looks like. Mm-hmm. Because that game is famously... They kind of had to cut corners at the end to just get it ready to ship. Yeah. A uh, lot. Some of the people who ended up working on uh, um, New Vegas actually worked on this game. And uh, if you if you if you've played it, you can kind of see it because if there's one thing that this game does that a lot of other Star Wars game do, doesn't do is that it kind of deconstructs a lot of the Star Wars universe itself. Kind of showing how the whole light side, dark side thing is kind of bullshit. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, like, Extended Universe books also delved into as well. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happened to it, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing the PC version will be sort of the, the premier version of this because I believe people have sort of pieced together the, the content that was not finished and sort of made it playable enough mm-hmm. uh, to see, like, what's what all was planned for this game. Yep. Uh, so there you go for that. That'll be out June 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Switch, uh, let's see, coming out the week after that on June 15th, Oli Oli World's mm-hmm. first big expansion, Void Raiders, will be out. Yep. Uh, Ten bucks for that. Though if you got the deluxe edition or red edition, it might have been called. Uh, you get that uh, for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the extra cost of that, so that is an alien-themed expansion. As uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you get through a variety of levels with otherworldly companions. And experience an all-new side of Sunshine Valley, Cloverbrook, and Burn Truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, while your alien cohort retrieves space skate specimens and cows, there are the obstacles ahead to unlock the Void Raiders, Void Riders' home planet, Void. Mm-hmm. So you get to deal with lots of spacey and alien-themed environments and all that. So it looks uh, like some more, some more fun mm-hmm. stuff to do in that game. Yep. Uh, looking forward to that. I will be getting that here in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there we go. And that's it for the stuff that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as games are running away as far as possible from releasing this year, some yeah. are some are planting their flags and saying that they will be out this year. Yeah. One of those is the Lord of the Rings Golem. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 1st. You know, all the PlayStations, Xboxes, and PC. Switch will be yeah. sometime later this year. Mm. And it's the the weird game that had really bad looking hair for Golem. Yeah. As much as his hair always looks bad. Yeah. But uh but it looks like from at least the, the trailer they show here, it looks like it's improved a little bit, but that could just be cinematics. Who knows? Mm, could be, but but yeah, that's uh that's gonna be out in September. So you know, mm-hmm. check that out if you want to uh, check it out. So yeah, I guess we'll see if it's any good or not. Um, yeah, I have doubts, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Also happening in early September is Temtem is hitting one point mm-hmm. Yep, that's the uh, the game that's kind of like Pokemon, like a well, I say kind of like Pokemon. It's off-brand Pokemon, basically. Yeah, it's a Pokemon MMO, sort of leaning more yeah. heavily in the the MMO stuff. You'll see people running mm-hmm. around doing stuff. I yeah, guess, so you know, challenge them and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll be hitting 1.0 September 6th for PS5, uh, Xbox Series X and S, Switch and PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been out in early access on PS5 and PC, so yeah, it'll be mm. hitting Xbox and Switch for the first time. Mm. Then, so yeah, this will include a new Endgame Island and much more stuff to do there. Uh, let's see, and they'll have a physical edition as well, mm-hmm. or a bundle that is 
partner with uh, the devs, Humble Games, and Final Boss Bundle. Includes a diorama statue of the the starters, set of enamel pins uh, as well. And uh, let's see, I don't know, some card versions of them, because it's kind of what you have the Temtems on. There's like cards that you send them out on, so... And you get some patches and pins, so not too bad. This game does have a nice look to it as well. Uh, so I've been enjoying that when I've jumped into the game. Yeah, it does have a kind of a, a sort of nice, pretty sort of cell cell shaded look to it, kind of like Wind Waker. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Has some good good designs for the Temtems. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Also happening. Uh, this for next year. This is like the the big announcement out of Star Wars Celebration is that Star Wars Jedi uh, Survivor, the yep. sequel to Fallen Order, is official. It'll be mm-hmm. out next year. Yep. Uh, just for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. Mm-hmm. Now, the continuing adventures of Cal Kestis and his BD-1 droid. Yeah. I think they also announced a Lego figure for BD-1. Mm-hmm. That looks it's pretty good. It's not a figure. It's a whole set. Yeah. Though it's an expensive one for about 100 bucks. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that stuff out. Mm-hmm. I forgot other... They had some other Lego stuff as well, but, yeah, that's... Uh, I, like the, I like that first game. I need to get back to it and beat it. Mm-hmm. Like where I left off was kind of the swampy area. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is a uh, that is fun to see. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, one game that is not coming out this year has been delayed mm-hmm. is replaced. Yeah. Uh, that was an indie game that got announced during one of the Xbox streams, or maybe it was during last year's Xbox showcase. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly when, uh, but they have announced that they have delayed it. Uh, saying uh, today we're making the very difficult decision to delay replace until 2023. Mm. The Belarusian-based studio working on the game, Sad Cat Studios, has a team of talented developers from Belarus and Ukraine. Fortunately, the continued yeah. war in Ukraine has heavily impacted the development of Replaced, as most of the team yeah. resides in the neighboring regions. Yeah. And they say they're prioritizing the safety of the team and their families. Mm-hmm. Part of the team is now re- relocated, and work has only recently restarted on Replaced. And so, yeah, with their publisher and parent company and all that, I decided to move mm. that to 2023 to ensure that the game is in the best state it can possibly be. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully everybody's in a good place and uh, things work out well for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so there you go. That is uh, sad news, but... Good news that the teams have been able to uh, get to a new place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, let's see here. Uh, this game, Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes, is finally been announced for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't remember, when they announced their uh, the uh, the Kickstarter, they famously left off the Switch version because they're like, we don't know what will be going on with this thing by the time this game is done. Yeah. Which wasn't a bad idea, because, yeah, at this point, the Switch is kind of sitting there waiting on a, a new thing to come out mm-hmm. that could better 
be a better place to play some of these games. Yeah. But it seems like they must be close enough to finishing. They're like, yeah, we can actually get the Switch version done here. Actually yeah. do it instead of worrying about a new one uh, happening since Nintendo's punted that down a good bit, the road. Yeah. So yeah, I think the the prequel game Rising is already out now on the Switch, so you can sort of get your taste of the universe there if you want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's good news for people that were waiting for this on a Switch. Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the new PS Plus has been debuting in Asian countries outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be debuting in Japan here in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how that goes because that'll be the first region that will have the PS3 support. Mm-hmm. Support for the streaming stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, people have been digging into the service and seeing you know what's going on with the, the games and all that. And sort of the, the big issue people have been having with the PS1 games is that there are a number of them that are PAL versions versus NTSC versions. Yeah. Nice job there. Nice yeah. job there, Sony. Uh, the the main difference between the PAL and NTSC versions is that the PAL versions are kept at 50 frames per second, 50 hertz. Mm-hmm. And so everything is designed to run at that. Music, you know, logic, all this, all these various parts of the game. So even if they, like they have been doing updates to better make them run at 60 frames per second, Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't change how the game itself runs mm-hmm. on the various things. So if you go look at like speedruns of PS1 games, you'll see that there are different leaderboards for NTSC and PAL versions because you know, they just straight up run differently. Mm-hmm. And so you know you can't necessarily get consistent times with one version as the the same as the other one. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see. Hopefully. I don't know if that's going to change on a region-by-region basis or what. Uh, maybe they will, or maybe people put up enough of a stink that uh, they make you know, <sighs> both versions available wherever that yeah. uh, can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, crap again. Yeah, at least this time around you got save states and rewind and all that kind of stuff. At least make it a little better. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the PAL stuff, not going to be great for most people. Because mm-hmm. those versions aren't the ones that people in the, uh, the you know North America and Japan and Asia played. Mm-hmm. That's all a very EU thing. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't too yeah. much longer. I think probably by the 720p period that... Uh, that stuff became a relic of the past mm-hmm. as there was an actual unified version uh, standard for uh, TVs mm-hmm. versus that old thing. But yeah, there you go. And yeah, we'll end it here with some good news. Uh, the Raven software QA team uh, had their votes for unionization and with 19 in favor and three against, they have voted to form 
the first union at a major publisher in this industry. Yep, that's right. And of course, Activision Blizzard's being very pissy about it. As I say here, we respect and believe in the right of all employees to decide whether or not to support or vote for a union. We believe that an important decision that will impact the entire Raven software studio of roughly mm-hmm. 350 people should not be made by 19 Raven employees. Mm-hmm. No, they're voting for their team, the QA team. Yeah. You guys can go fuck off with this union-busting mm. shit. Oh, yeah. And, and this is only going to be the first of many. Uh, this is going to start a whole trend. Um, and it's going to spread outward. It's going to spread to other big companies. Yeah. As uh, members of the GWA said in a statement, Activision Blizzard worked tirelessly to undermine our efforts to establish our union, but we persevered. Mm-hmm. Now that we've won our election, is our duty to protect these foundational values on which our union stands. Mm. And yeah, there were more employees at Raven Software and the QA team uh, that have been laid off. I think it was about a dozen or so at least, so there were nearly uh, 35 or so deep, but uh, luckily those that are still there have formed a union, mm-hmm. especially for a department that is routinely abused as QA mm-hmm. devs are. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is good news. And mm-hmm. yeah, should get things finalized here, then start uh, negotiating with Activision Blizzard, which I don't believe for one second they will actually negotiate in good faith. No, if anything, if, if they acknowledge it at all, I mean, that, yeah, like that's if they acknowledge it at all. It's perfectly possible they'll just try and wait it out until the Microsoft acquisition. Yeah, and yeah, there have been stories like Phil Spencer says, you know, they will support the union. It's like, yeah, they legally have to do that. You can't just mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going to fuck this union over yeah. as best we can. It's like, that'd be a very legal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Especially during an acquisition. Uh, it gets, you know, uh, the FTC and all that too. And you vote against them allowing that mm-hmm. acquisition. So, yeah, that's the bare minimum they would say legally is that they support the the, the people's right to a union. So, there you go. Uh have to see how this goes uh, for the actual... Uh, negotiations and all that, but yeah, oh, yeah. that is uh, good news. So yeah, and let's hope this this is the first of many. Yeah, especially for QA departments. Definitely, those guys do not get paid enough for the shit they have to deal with. Yeah, they're oftentimes contract employees, so they can be easily mm-hmm. discarded when they are no longer needed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's good news and. Yeah, I think that will do it for this week. Not a super long show, but uh, a nope. bunch, of, bunch of good stuff there. Yeah, and we're definitely going to have stuff next week about, you know, Sony, you know, State of Play, all the Game Fest, all that, that stuff is going to be next week. So, Yeah, we'll have at least the one show next week. Uh, then mm-hmm. we'll have the Summer Game Fest Showcase on the 9th. The, yep. the following Thursday, and then Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase the Sunday after that. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll get some co-streaming done there. So talk yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Get all that 
get all that done. So, yeah, that'll be uh, it for this week. So, yeah, thank you, Brandon, for joining this week. Always. We'll be back next week with a new slate of news. And if you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know that uh, they should check it out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.